This is a big question. Are you lonely in your marriage? Today, I want to show you how to grow your intimacy so that you can expel loneliness from your marriage, because that's not a fun place to be at all. Welcome to the Only You Forever podcast. If you want to build a thriving, passionate marriage, we've got the research, the truth, and the answers you've been looking for. And now, here are your hosts, Caleb and Verlinda Simone Gendel. Hey, everybody, this is episode number 84, and we're going to be talking about the loneliness that can creep into our marriages and how that can be helped by developing deeper intimacy. Okay. So this is the third in a series of five episodes that are part of our Heart of Marriage series, where we're dealing with the most significant core issues that you and we all face. So you know that we need outside friends and if available family to be with. We need community. And sometimes we're just lonely because we've gotten too busy and we've isolated ourselves. But Mm -hmm. there's been a few times when you've said to me in our marriage that you feel lonely. And that's always set off a little red flashing light in my head that's really made me step back and ask if I'm as engaged as I should be in our marriage. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Because I think that if there's intimacy there. Okay, that's good. I didn't think that was very romantic that you were feeling lonely, but. Well, no, but that you paid attention. Okay. Thanks. Yeah, loneliness is not very romantic. No. No. So, like, we do need community, but this is a marriage podcast. It's not a networking podcast. So we're going to take this from the marriage side of things. Okay. So from the research, it's pretty clear, as we shall see, that loneliness can arise from a lack of intimacy. And that's kind of the core of where we're going today. And loneliness and intimacy are affected in turn by the quality of communication and emotion skills in the marriage. Hmm. So... If we can build up these two skill sets, then your marriage will see more intimacy. And if there's more intimacy, obviously we're going to help stave off those feelings of loneliness. That's the trajectory that we're heading down today. So communication and emotion. Yeah. Now maybe Verlinda, someone's kind of sucking in that deep breath and saying to themselves, I have no idea how to bring emotional skills to my marriage. Well, why don't you just tell us what emotional skills are? Um, They're skills related to emotions. That's so much clearer. (laughs) Thank you. Let's move on. I'm going to get to them. Oh, can you wait? Yeah, I guess so. All right. So the good news is that these skills can be learned easily. And what I've done sort of specifically for that particular niche is I've created a bonus recording that goes with that. So I'm going to talk generally about what we need to do with emotional skills and communication skills, but the really mm-hmm. sort of detailed how-to on the emotion stuff I've split off. And uh, just so we keep within our time frames here. Okay. And you can get that audio clip by download through a link and... That was very complicated. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Just open your browser to oyf.link slash 84. That's the show notes for this episode. You'll see a shaded download box in our show notes. Just click the button, give us your email. We'll send you a link to this private audio file. Or you can text the word podcast to 9292 spouse. If you have to pay for your text messages, obviously you're going to have to pay for that one. Uh, But all you need to do is to text the word podcast to 9292 spouse. Or again, you can find this bonus on our website at oyf.link slash 84. That file speaks specifically in detail to these emotional skills. So I wanted to start, Flanda, with the problem of loneliness in marriage. And it's not as uncommon as we think. So if you're out there and you're feeling lonely, the irony is that you have company. In your loneliness. Yeah. Yeah. And... As I just said, you know, we've had times of this in our own marriage as well, despite having a marriage that we enjoy very much. So one piece of research I looked at, it actually cited another study, which showed that individuals in intimate relationships often feel lonely because the level of intimacy in the relationship is not meeting their desires or expectations. So that's why we want to talk a little bit about intimacy today. 
And so we might ask the question, like how many people are, are experiencing loneliness in marriage? Like how popular is this? And yeah. there's not a lot of research. Popular is not the right word. No. How common, common. is this? There's not a lot of research on it, but a, a study from 2009 looked at older married adults and found that one in four, somewhere between one in four and one in five, experienced moderate to strong emotional or social loneliness. I okay. thought that was pretty sad. That's 20, 25%. Yeah, that's a pretty high number. Yeah. Yeah. And the first research earlier concluded that loneliness appears to affect the quality of our intimate relationships. No surprises there. But what's interesting to me, and we're assuming that the researcher had reasonable grounds to assume causality, is that this may indicate something of a cycle. So the loneliness reduces the quality of the relationship. And if the quality is reduced, I'm going to feel more lonely. That makes sense. Makes sense? Yeah. So they found that people who felt lonely were were less satisfied with their intimate relationships. Again, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So bottom line, this is a real problem. It's out there. Yeah. And I think we all experience it from time to time. So what causes it? Like why... Why do we get lonely in marriage? You'd think that would be like the one place we shouldn't be lonely. Yeah. And often we marry for that reason, to not be lonely, to not be alone, right? Okay. Yeah. So many factors can contribute to this. Mm -hmm. It can come from different sources. But the direction I kind of want to go on today is to look at a communication and emotional skillfulness because a lack of these two things will significantly contribute to loneliness. So I think if we can deal with these two core issues, we're a good way down the road to helping ourselves out. Okay. So coming back to the details of the study from 2009, these researchers looked at married couples and they compared the extent of their loneliness to the quality of their marriage and how well they're doing. Okay. Okay. And here's what they found. They found that stronger emotional and social loneliness was found in those who did not receive emotional support from a spouse and did not have frequent conversations with their spouse. So there's your emotional skills and your communication right there. Yes. So the lack of those two hmm. things were two factors that led to loneliness. Now, a second article by another researcher called, whose last name is Yum, should have been researching food, I think. <laughs> he continued to support this link. This researcher found that married folk who were lonely displayed fewer positive behaviors than non-lonely individuals. Okay. So, less positive. Yeah. Yeah. So what were the positive behaviors they were looking for? What did they see? They found that lonely marriages displayed fewer positive attempts to make interactions pleasant. Oh, like they just snarky instead of trying to be nice kind of thing? Yep. Okay. Basically. Lonely marriages displayed less openness, like they weren't as open to each other. Mm -hmm. There was fewer direct conversations. There was less helpful advice giving, and there was less listening to one another. Okay. Question here. Total like sidebar squirrel moment. Okay. But do men want fewer conversations? No. Because then why is it like the social thing that women talk all the time and, you know, men use up their 2,000 words and are done for the day at work and... I don't know. Hmm. You got me on that one. I'm drawing a blank. Because hmm. I'm thinking that like, yeah, women want a lot more direct conversations. Yeah. But men are like, oh, please. Well, your husband wants to feel connected to. I can guarantee it. That's a fundamental human need. No, no jokes about gender or volumes of words. Okay. Yeah. Lonely marriages. Here's another thing they found. Displayed fewer assurances. So where I'm assuring you of our love, like I love you. Okay. Kind of comments, right? Yeah. Lonely marriages had fewer social networks. I don't mean like Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. They only had Twitter. I'm saying like real facial networks or social networks. And they tend to rely less on friends and family. And lonely marriages shared fewer tasks together, such as performing routine chores, i.e. doing the dishes. Hmm. So you can see why I think it's helpful to particularly focus on these two areas of communication and emotion skills. And the good news here is that learning these skills is something anyone can do. It's something you can add to your marriage. 
and something new that you can bring to your relationship to strengthen it and help move yourselves away from that loneliness and towards intimacy. So, so you're not stuck. No, you can do something. And these are doable things as well. They're not big. Oh boy, how am I ever going to do that? They're like okay. right there. You can grasp them. Alrighty. So let's, let's talk about building intimacy first by learning emotional skills. And then we'll talk about communication skills. Okay. Okay. Now I'm going to explain how this particular part helps in just a moment. The building emotional skills. Okay. Okay. Then I'll give you two ideas of what to do. And again, Verlinda, as I've said earlier, we try to cap our episodes somewhere in that 25 minute range. So I've split off the real detailed how to of emotion skills into a separate bonus private audio file download. And if you're listening today, you can get that link or in the future, you can get that link emailed to you right now by going to the show notes for this episode in your browser at oyf.link slash 84. Look for the gray shaded box partway down the page or just send a text message from your cell phone to 9292 spouse with the word podcast and the system will get your info and then you'll get a link emailed to you that way also. And of course, if you're already signed up for our email list, Verlinda will be sending you this bonus content via our weekly email. Of course, they're listening to it today. They can't really listen to it in the future. Oh, so they're... Like if they're listening to it, it's today. Oh, that's mm-hmm. kind of woo-woo. <laughs> Back to the future. Huh. All right. Anyhow. If you're in your DeLorean, just stay tuned. <laughs> what is that? Back to the future was the car. Oh. Yeah, cultural reference. Never mind. <laughs> Needs to get out more. <laughs> Okay, so this group of three researchers, Cordova, G, and Moore in 2005, they wanted to specifically test the theory that emotional skillfulness affects the intimacy process in relationships. So in plain English, they wanted to see how being good at handling emotions impacted happy marriage, marital satisfaction. So what they find? There's a link between the ability to identify and communicate your emotions and what they call marital adjustment. So marital adjustment in this context is about how well the spouses are connecting. Okay. So if you're better able to communicate your emotions, you're going to feel better connected. Okay, that makes sense. Makes sense, right? Yep. They found that intimate safety was a mediating factor on the impact of these skills on the marriage, meaning that you can have all the skills in the world, but if your marriage atmosphere is caustic or cynical, negative, then being able and being willing to be emotionally vulnerable is going to be choked or kind of throttled by this lack of safety. Yeah, that makes sense too. So it's a good sidebar to note that if you want your spouse or yourself to be more emotionally present, then you also need to work towards making sure your marriage is a safe place for that, right? Mm-hmm. So if they don't, if they open up with an emotion, you're not going to like cut them down and yes, a little. Yes, it has to be safe. Okay. And here now here's your male-female stuff, okay? Okay. They also found that men had more trouble communicating emotions than women. Really? This is groundbreaking research. <laughs> but hey, listen to this. They okay. found that the men were equally able to identify emotions. Okay. Which I think is awesome because it matches what I experience in my practice. Often women say of men or the men of themselves, I'm not a very emotional person. Mm-hmm. Well, men don't say it like that. That's why I'm not a very emotional person. <laughs> and I know what they mean. I shouldn't make fun of my clients in the air. No. I know what they mean. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and I don't get after them on that, but I absolutely completely disagree. Men are experiencing just as many emotions as women. What they are not is expressing them. Right. Then they're perhaps not as skilled at communicating those emotions, or they're just not as comfortable giving expression to them, as in like their body language and everything else is more muted. It's because they've been like, big boys don't, or men don't cry, or... Yeah, all those messages, right? Yeah. Hmm. So we're equally emotional, but men have more trouble communicating that. All that to say that gaining skills in identifying and communicating emotions will build intimacy. 
Hmm. And how does that work? Well, one theory is that being able to identify your own emotions and the emotions of your spouse can lead to greater empathy. Yeah. Which makes sense. Yeah. And it can also make you better at reading the social cues of your spouse, like the the nonverbal, the body language, right? Okay. And it means you're going to be more sensitive to where your spouse is at any given moment and kind of position yourself to more accurately respond to your spouse. Mm-hmm. So in marriage therapy, we call this attunement. It just means you're dialed into your spouse. And in the moments when he or she is vulnerable, you're better able to respond in an intimate, positive way. Mm-hmm. So I really wish people could see your hands today. Like you're really into the hand motions. Flapping. No, no, no. Just making a point. Okay. Thanks. I'm just going to watch your hands. Okay. That's the kind of detection or listening side of things. On the communication side of things, learning to give voice to your emotions and to put words to your fears or your tears is one of the primary ways that spouses can behave vulnerably towards each other. So this pushes you both towards intimacy. So yeah, you're experiencing these emotions, but now you're doing the work of identifying and expressing them or even helping your spouse do the same. So is this like the I'm feeling lonely or is this before you ever get to the loneliness part, just what you're feeling? I mean, if that's what you're feeling, then yes, but it's whatever you're feeling whenever you're feeling it. You're just staying with each other. You're sharing what you're experiencing as you go through this world. Mm -hmm. When you're sharing and you've got somebody to do it with, you're not lonely. Mm Mm-hmm. So it becomes a skill we can learn to communicate positive emotions, such as joy and love, as well as non-hostile negative emotions, such as sadness. So you don't, or you should not feel that you can only share the good emotions with your spouse. Agreed. Right? Yeah. All healthy emotions we should be able to share. The unhealthy ones we need to regulate. And we'll come to that in a moment. Okay. 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 So... That's kind of sharing emotional skills, and that really kind of ties. You can see why communication is a part of this, because you have to communicate them. Yep. So I want to look at this idea of sort of effective communication, right? Now, in that last part, I suggested that we need to learn to communicate positive emotions and non-hostile negative emotions. The part I didn't discuss or mention there is that we all get our ugly on every once in a while, Mm -hmm. and we have a hostile negative emotion or emotions, And communications, like we can show contempt or criticizing or blaming, withdrawing. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, here's the the sort of get this moment. Okay. Sometimes when we're criticizing or blaming or withdrawing from our spouse, we are actually asking for intimacy. Is that believable? Mm. Yeah, because hurt people hurt people. So it's because I'm hurting and I want something. You're lashing out. And I'm lashing out and hurting you. For example, you were to blurt at me. You spend more time with your stupid buddies from the hunting club than you do with me. That's a wife asking for intimacy. Right. Now, she's not going to get it. <laughs> no. It's not she working, just right? attacked, yeah. Yeah. And it's not, you know, as part of this too, I wanted to mention, it's not unusual for one person in the marriage to want more intimacy than the other. And there's nothing wrong with that. But how we ask for this intimacy is very, very important. So this group of researchers, yeah. Can you just define intimacy for a minute? Closeness, like emotional connection. Okay. I'm not talking about sex. Okay. Is that okay? Yeah. Is that what you're thinking? Yeah. Yeah. Because what often intimacy okay. referring to physical yeah. intimacy. I'm using it in the full orb sense of the word. Okay. So there's other another group of researchers found that when we ask for intimacy through criticizing, blaming, or withdrawing, our spouse is less likely to fill the need. Surprise, hmm. surprise, right? Yeah. Think about these things, right? So criticizing is attacking character. You're a workaholic. Just admit it. But do you hear the intimacy request in there? She's saying I want more of you. Yeah. How about blaming? You never take me to the mall. What's she saying? Or he? Well, I mean, I don't know how many guys has to wise to take to the mall. But <laughs> but more like you just want to spend time together. Yes. Or withdrawing where nothing is being said. 
What's that saying? It's saying, I want you to pursue me. Mm-hmm. Interesting, hey? Mm-hmm. So here's the deal. The intimacy need represented in these actions is legitimate. It's a legitimate need. Right. However, the way in which you're asking is defeating the intent. So this is where the communication skills come in. Yes. And I get why, why we do this. And we do this, right? And we do it because we're hurting or we're lonely. And those are valid things. We want yeah. to feel loved and held and connected. Yeah. But these researchers found that these types of tactics resulted in less intimacy satisfaction and less relationship satisfaction. They didn't produce the desired outcome. Yeah. But when the participants in the study asked for intimacy through more positive means of communication, they were way more likely to have those needs met. Hmm. Okay. So, yep. So can you give an example of asking for intimacy through a positive means? I'm feeling kind of lonely. Can we spend some time together this evening and just catch up? Like, I feel like we haven't connected in a while. Oh, that's so sweet. Thanks. Sure. Okay. (laughs) Sounds like I just signed myself up for a date tonight. But I can see how that's a totally different thing than, you know, attacking and yeah. why don't you ever do this? Or Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. When folks have a positive conversation, asking for greater intimacy, that conversation just by itself created intimacy. That makes sense? Yeah. Because one spouse is opening up and expressing vulnerability about a sensitive issue. And it's that opening up that kind of draws the other person or invites the other person to come in. And so greater intimacy results from the act of Asking for intimacy. Mm. Makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. And then the other thing that they notice that these kinds of conversations have a lasting benefit. Like it kind of builds over time. So the spouse asking for intimacy also had a greater likelihood of those intimacy needs being met in the future. Yeah. Makes sense too. So it really does work. Huh. Okay. So just to kind of wrap this up for Linda, loneliness is painful. Fair enough. And I've often said it's a loneliness is an experience you can't share with anyone. (laughs) It's kind of self-defining, right? Yeah. But there's these two key strategies that I wanted to leave our listeners with. One is to work on emotional skills and the other is to work on communication skills. And I hope it's it's really encouraging for you to understand today as you're listening that just working on these skills is a huge help in and of itself. And again, if you sign up for the bonus content today, not only will you get detailed info about some specific emotional skills that you can learn and use, but when you're on our email list, we'll also be telling you about our Talk To Me 101 e-course. It's available only to our email subscribers. And in there, we teach you a three-step training program that teaches you how to deepen your intimacy. So check that out. Make sure you head over to oyf.link slash 84 to grab today's bonus audio file as well. Do you want to do the review? Sure. All I right. love doing the reviews. This one is from LHR2020. It says, Great Marriage Podcast. Their podcast combines science-based advice and education with their funny and honest commentary. So great to have a marriage podcast that is not based on gender stereotypes. I never thought of that before, but that's kind of neat. So thanks for that review. So that's another listener that's not only benefiting from our content, but also helping us reach more people because every iTunes review helps us climb the rankings in the kids and family category on iTunes and reach more people by doing so. And next week is our fourth episode in this mini-series called The Heart of Marriage. We have some very interesting research and learning from the whole area of sacrifice versus entitlement. Mm. And the question there is, how much of each of those two things are you bringing to your marriage? Mm, That'll be good. So that's all for today's episode. Again, you can get the full show notes and the bonus audio at oif.link slash 84. Thanks, and we'll see you next week. 
Thank you for listening to the OnlyYouForever.com podcast. Please help us reach and influence a wider audience by rating and reviewing our podcast at OnlyYouForever.com slash love. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. This is a big question. What? Can you just comb your mustache? It's going to bother me the whole recording. (laughs) Okay, is that better now? Can I just trim it? No, not right now. We're recording. Okay. Okay. All right. I won't look at you, Kate. Maybe our next episode should be about fussing wives. Well, you don't have to look at me with a mustache. I'm thankful for that every day. (laughs)